The United Nations Chief Scientific Agency on Climate Change released its latest report on Monday. The IPCC Working Group 2 report on climate impacts, adaptation and vulnerability says man-made climate change is causing unprecedented damage to the natural environment and the livelihoods of billions of people. It also says global warming is set to rise beyond 1.5 degrees by 2040 unless the world commits to drastically reduce its carbon emissions from the use of fossil fuels. For nations on the front lines, like ours in the Pacific, the consequences will be disastrous with an increase in climate hazards such as sea level rise, more frequent and severe extreme weather events, flooding and droughts, among others. 350 Pacific Climate Warriors Council of Elders member Brianna Fruin says the findings in the report aren't new for the region. Ms Fruin is a prominent youth voice in international climate advocacy and spoke to RNZ Pacific's regional correspondent Kelvin Anthony about the report and what it means for Pacific people. The IPCC report is definitely not new for Pacific people. The report confirms what frontline communities have been saying for many years now, um, that the frequency and the intensity of the climate impacts are rapidly increasing and will continue to do so. And so every time an IPCC report comes out, although it is grim, um, it is definitely not new for Pacific people who are experiencing what that what the report says on paper. Now, the report does confirm with very high confidence that the world is due to surpass the 1.5 degrees goal, which will mean the irreversible climate impacts for nations most vulnerable. Does that worry you? 100%. It, it is always worrying to see new climate reports come out. And although it is somewhat of heartbreaking experience reading the sad science come out year after year, I think we also have to remind ourselves that this shouldn't be a wake-up call that a lot of us have known this for a long time, that fossil fuels did this. But, you know, we also know exactly how to reclaim our futures back from the fossil fuel industry. And that really has to do with pushing leaders and big corporations to cut their funding off from the hands that are feeding this crisis so that we can get back on track and we can reclaim back the future that these reports are, are saying is not possible. As you mentioned earlier on, that uh, these reports come out and they're very quick. And uh, so what does this mean for the Pacific? I think the Pacific will continue to fight. No matter what the, these reports say, we have been doing the work. A lot of people say this is um, a red alarm or it's a, a red flag for countries, but we've known this for decades now. We've been living in a state of red for decades and we can only continue to be resilient like we have to show that we are the climate leaders that the world should should follow because we have been pushing the world for a long time to move away from extractive industries and, and the this attitude that we can continue to extract from the earth and nothing will happen to us. And so I think we have to continue to, to lead the way in how we would like to treat this environment because the Pacific have always been the leaders in this. You mentioned currently that the extractive industry have their way full on this issue. Why do you think that the years and years of uh, advocacy of, of the science that's available, why do these people in the fossil fuel industry continue to get away with it? I feel like the simple answer to that is money. You can get away with a lot when you have a lot of money. And, and a lot of the times, money means power. And so if you can pay off lobbyists to show up in, in climate negotiations and pretend that there's not an issue or 
or if you can pay off people to come in and greenwash a lot of these conversations, it will get you far. But, you know, there comes a point where money will not be enough because at the end of the day, we can't eat money and we can't drink money and we can't survive under houses made of paper notes. And so I feel like we're coming to a point where these industries can no longer buy us out because climate change will start to impact them as well and their families. And so although we've lived in decades of lies and deception and an era of of selling us out, I feel like that will come to an end and it has to come to an end. How do you see Australia and New Zealand on on this issue? Australia and New Zealand are always saying that they are our big brother and sister. And I think that on the issue of climate change, this is their chance to prove that they truly are a Pacific neighbor. They truly are a big brother and big sister to Pacific Islands. And they need to commit to keeping fossil fuels in the ground to stop exploring their own fossil fuel industries and cutting off financial ties to places where they have invested money in this destructive industry that we know is causing the climate crisis and the IPCC report is um, confirming that. How do organizations like the Pacific work to help address uh, this uh, global emergency, you know, to build resilience uh, and to empower people to advocate for this issue? I love this question because it comes at a timely a timely point where just last week, the Pacific Climate Warriors um, completed their solar scholars program in Fiji. And so it was this program where they were taught by an amazing team in the Philippines how to assemble solar solar pack in order to show relief during times of disaster and have energy for communities. And so they were learning through this program how to assemble simple solar pack. I think this is just one of the many ways where organizations and, and many other like Pacific Climate Warriors, although we're living in the impacts of climate change, we are, are finding our own ways to adapt. We are finding our own ways to show resilience and to mitigate from the climate crisis. And I think that we need to continue highlighting these projects coming from the grassroots. Are you still hopeful that the world as a collective can overcome this global emergency? I am still hopeful because I believe in in humanity. And a lot of the times it's really hard to, to do so. But I think if we don't have belief that we can change, then we just give up. And I don't I don't want to live in a world where we just give up on each other and give up on our islands and give up on humanity. I think we can do this. We just really need to put the work behind it. Thank <laughs> you.